Praise God. Would you turn this evening to scripture that we looked at on last evening in the book of Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah 1 and 2 Corinthians 8. Isaiah 1, 2 Corinthians 8. Praise you, Lord. Anybody believing with us tonight? Believe with us. Thank you, Lord. This is our week of increase. And we believe that the Lord is God of increase. Isn't that what the scripture said? He talked about in 1 Corinthians 3 that one sowed, one planted, and another watered. But God gave the increase. It is God who gives the increase. The psalmist said God will increase you. More and more. You and your children. And that's us. How many believe if we'll follow the Lord, we won't be where we are right now next year. We'll be at a different place. Even in a few months from now. Amen. Be just at a a higher place. Better place. Stronger place. A freer place. And increase is not just about money increase. That's a part of it. But... uh, Increase in every dimension, in every way, increase in faith, increase in vision, increase in your fellowship with God, increase in knowing God, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, increase in spiritual fruit. I mean, isn't that, that's, that's the biggest thing that the money's about, isn't it? Is more lives being touched. Because really the money, the money is, is not valuable in and of itself. But it is valuable if it can be used to help people. That's how can you put a value on that. So Isaiah 1, we looked last night and we began talking about the subject of qualifying for God's best. Qualifying for God's best. In Isaiah 1, begin, we'll begin reading in verse 17. Isaiah, the first chapter. And the 17th verse. The scripture says, uh, excuse me, 18 is where I want you to read. 118. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Let's just stop right there. Is that for us today? Is that for us right now? The blood of the Lamb cleanses and washes from every sin. Verse 19. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the Lamb. Well now, did he just change subjects? Right in the middle here. And he's talking about redemption and talking about the good news And talking about the work of the cross. But then he just stopped and went way over here. And started talking about natural material things. Or as we camped and shouted about last night. Is material provision part of the gospel? Not a side issue. But part and parcel. These are linked directly together. You'll be clean. Though your sins were, were, were dark. You'll be washed. 
And very next verse, and if, now you washed you clean from your sins. But how many know that even though you're born again, and your name's in the Lamb's book of life, and you know that you go to he- you go into heaven, if you're so broke, you can't leave the house. <laughs> it's a problem, right? Or if you're so sick that you can't do anything, work or serve God, it's a problem. No, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. That ought to excite you. When you hear that, when you read that, it ought to make you smile. On the inside and the outside. You ought to just read that and smile and go, wow. Good of the land belongs to me. If, if, if I qualify. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Verse 20, but if, if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Both of those are true. What qualifies you to eat the good of the land? Being willing and being obedient. What disqualifies you? Cause you to, not only would you not increase, but you'd be devoured. You'd lose what you had. What does it say? Read it. Refusing, or in other words, uh, you know, refusing and rebelling, wouldn't that be the opposite of willing and obedient? So you're unwilling, you're saying no, refusing, and you're not obedient, you're instead of being obedient, you're rebellious, disobedient. Does it cost you to be unwilling? Will it cost you to be disobedient? Yeah. And I don't know that this has been emphasized enough by those of us, the relatively few of us, that do preach prosperity. Now, there's a, there's a lot of us from one sense, but percentage-wise, worldwide, uh, few. But those that do sometimes just preach that it belongs to us. But don't talk about that you got to qualify. I mean, you, you understand, sometimes people just like to bump along, meeting after meeting, year after year, and hear God wants you blessed, God wants you blessed, but not, not willing to admit we're not that blessed, financially and materially. And just go on year after year and decade after decade and, 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 oh yeah, glory to God, it's for us, it's for us, but, but not want to face the fact that we haven't come very far, financially and materially. And not want to admit, well, we're not eating the good of the land. We're not enjoying the best of the best. And be humble enough to admit to God, Lord, we know it's not your fault. We must not be qualifying some way or another. Right? You know, uh, Dr. Kenneth E. Hagen, Brother Hagen, Dad, we, we called him uh, in a respectful way. In, uh, you know, the earlier part of his ministry, he had pastored for 12 years. And then he, uh, the Lord had dealt with him to leave and go out on the field ministry. And, uh, he said, have, have, having left that church, that it, within a few months, his finances were just in terrible shape. He's going in the hole every month. And he knows he's obeying God, but it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And he, he, it got so bad, he began to seek the Lord and, and fast. 
Now, you know, that's an excellent response. In fact, if you read Haggai sometime, you'll see that he tells them about all the problems they were having financially and materially. And he said, turn to me. Seek me. When things are not right, we ought to turn and seek God and say, Lord, why? But see, a whole lot of Christians, they don't even think right. They're trying to say, well, you know, you just never know. Maybe God's teaching us something in all this terrible lack and terrible sickness. No, sickness is not normal for children of God. Poverty is not normal for us. And if we're having financial troubles... I don't mean we just stand and believe God. I mean, we're, we're having a challenge and we overcome it. I mean, we, we, it's bad and it's bad and it gets worse and it gets worse. We ought to get a clue and go, hey, something's not right. And get to seeking God. People say, well, I know I probably sinned. I know it's me. I know it's, I've sinned. That does no good at all. Condemnation just destroys your faith. Okay, what would you do wrong? I don't know, but I'm sure. That does no good at all. No. It's not about condemning yourself. That's not going to help you. But get on your face and say, Lord, what's wrong? I know it's not you. Show me. Sometimes it's ignorance. Sometimes it is disobedience. It can be sin. But whatever it is, we can correct it and we should be blessed. I said we should be blessed. In fact, I'm going to show you before this is over with, we are supposed to be so blessed that it makes other people envious. It's written in Scripture. (laughs) Are we consistently provoking people to envy? If not, we're not where God wants us to be. That's not my idea. This is Bible. I'm going to get you to this before we're over. (laughs) But... It takes, it takes some humility. You have to admit, I'm not where the Lord wants me. And then you have to have some faith to believe, but I can get there. Amen. Amen. He can get me there and I can follow him and we can get there. So if we haven't been enjoying the good of the land, if we haven't been enjoying the best, what do we know? We haven't been qualifying some way or another. I told you about Brother Hagin. And he said he began to seek the Lord and fast, spend some extra time waiting on the Lord. And he kept quoting the scripture to the Lord. He said, Lord, you told me if I'd be willing and obedient, I'd eat the good of the land. He said, and I'm not. I mean, I'm going in the hole every month. I had to sell my car for junk just to pay the interest. Not any principal, just some interest on the little loans. My children are not adequately clothed and fed. I'm not adequately dressed to be in the ministry. Lord, I'm not eating the good of the land. And he said eventually the Lord was able to get his attention. And he, he said in the time of prayer, the Lord spoke to him. He didn't mean he heard an audible voice. But inside him, he said the Lord said to him, well, the problem is you don't qualify. Well, he was shocked. He thought, he said, did you notice that verse said, if you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. How many know if is conditional? That means if you don't do it, then you don't qualify for that. He said, Lord, what do you mean I don't qualify? I didn't want to leave my last church, but I did. I did what you told me to do. I left the comfort. I left what I had. I'm out on the field here. What do you mean? He said, yeah, you did it, but not willing. 
And when the Lord told him that, he knew it was true right down inside his heart because, you know, he'd been unhappy. But he said it didn't take him long. He made a little adjustment on the inside. He said, now I'm willing. You know I'm willing. The devil knows I'm willing. And sure enough, from that point, he began to come up and up and up. Why? He began to qualify. So if it's you, if it's me, whoever it is, if we're not enjoying the good of the land, it's because we don't qualify. So let's talk about qualifying this week. Amen. And last night we spent quite a bit of time on this first one, if you be willing. Right? Go with me to this place over in Second uh, Corinthians, if you're holding your place there in the ninth chapter. Second Corinthians 9. Let me ask you this again. Is it God's will for us to be willing and obedient? I don't think anybody would uh, disagree with that. Well, then it must be just as much his will for us to eat the good of the land. It's in the same verse, right? And if you look up those scriptures, good of the land means, literally means the fat, which would mean, you know, a lot of their wealth was in livestock. How many know the best cow is the healthy fat cow? Right? <laughs> and, and, you know, a poor, skinny, injured, uh, you know, mixed breed animal, that's not, but the fat sheep, the pretty sheep. I mean, the bright, white, fluffy, <laughs> fluffy. Everybody around church here knows, knows what fluffy is. But is it God's will for you to have the skinny and the mixed breed and the bad and the, and the, or fluffy? What's God's will for your life? Fluffy. Fluffy house. You may know what a fluffy house is. Nice. Comfortable. Not the cheap stuff. The nice stuff. Amen. The latest stuff. The best stuff. Fluffy car. What's the fluffy car? That's the one with the extra stuff. Amen. And the one that you open the door and they got the new smell. Whoo. Boy, it's nice. Digital. Dual zone, climate control. How many believe you could pray in tongues just as good? Maybe better. In a brand new dual zone car. Than in one the heater don't work. Transmission leaks. Now if I'm describing your car. Don't kick the fender and go, I hate this old rattle truck. No, that's what you got. Be thankful for that. Wash it and take care of it. I said wash it. Wash it. Wash it. And vacuum it out. <laughs> now I'm not, I'm not just bugging you. I'm telling you how to get the better one. Cause if you're not faithful with what you have right now, then again, you don't qualify for the next. And if all you're doing is griping about what you have, you're unthankful. You don't even appreciate what you have. You don't qualify for the next. And, and you know, I, I love you. I, I, I'd like to see everybody in here doing at least as good as I'm doing. Wouldn't bother me if you were doing 12 times better than I'm doing financially and materially. You understand what I'm talking about? You, oh, you wouldn't make me mad. You say, well, man, I got a nicer car than Brother Keith. I'd say, have at it. Hit it. I got a bigger house than Brother Keith. Wonderful. Wonderful. Get three more. For visitors to use when they come in the church. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Have plenty of cars. You can loan them a car. Amen. Loan them a boat. 
Huh? Have them a suite at your house. Not just a room. Suite. But so I'm just believing for a place. Fine. Stay after it. Amen. But how I many know no matter where you are right now, you could get there. Eventually. Right? And um, how can you be a blessing in these areas unless you have it? You can't give what you don't have. You can't loan what you don't have. Right? You can't let somebody use what you don't have. It is God's will. I said it is God's will. Do you have your scripture there? Second Corinthians. Ninth chapter. Everybody comfortable? Are you happy? Yeah, you ought to be. Your father's rich. So are you. Hallelujah. You're going somewhere. You're coming up. Amen. And it's starting this week. Second Corinthians. The uh, eighth chapter, the eighth chapter is where I want you to be. We, uh, we talked about the gospel last night. Anybody still stirred up about the gospel? I'm telling you, the gospel will set you free. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And Jesus preached the gospel to the poor. Didn't he? Before we read this, let me just remind you of some scriptures that we looked at last night. Luke 4, Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me, upon me, because he has anointed me. And the very next thing he said after that, anointed him for what? Anointed him to preach the gospel to the poor. How many remember that? Write these verses down. Look them up if you're not familiar with that. He said, he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He goes on to say, to heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, set at liberty of them that are bruised, to preach, proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. It's the year of deliverance. It's the year of healing. The year of freedom. How many know we live in the acceptable time? Today is the accepted time. Now, today's the day. We're living in that time. Amen. How many know today's the day of healing? Today's the day of getting saved, getting your sins washed away. Today's the day of getting filled with the Spirit. And today's the day of coming out of poverty. Today's the day. Today's the day. Won't be long. All this is going to be done away with. Right? We'll move into the next thing. And oh, it's going to be good. And it's sad that so many people are putting everything off. Until then. Because some things are not going to be applicable then. They're only applicable now. I've had, I've had people tell me, because it's kind of trying to argue with me a little bit, because I, I was t- saying, you know, it's God's will to heal everybody now. And they said, well, now, Brother Keith, you know, some people are healed by God's power. Some people are healed through the doctors. And some people are healed in death. I don't think so. If you died, you didn't get healed. Well, yes, that's how God healed them. No, no. Where'd you get that? What scripture is that based on? See, no scripture, just man's trying to explain what they don't understand. No. Well, they, they're, they're not healed in this life, but they'll be healed in the next. Not really. 
Because in the next, these bodies will be immortal. Incorruptible. Incorruptible means can't be corrupted. Can't age. Won't be sick. So won't need to be healed. Now, if you're going to get healed, you better get it now. Because <laughs> later on, you are not going to need it. Right? Think about it. And uh, how many understand that later on, are we going to need a bunch of U.S. dollars? Think about it. You're going to need U.S. dollars on the streets of gold. What would you do with them? And there's going to be people from every nation, every tongue and kindred. Uh, what about Deutschmarks? And what about yen? What about Canadian money? South American money? How's the Lord going to decide which currency for us to use? I see no indication why it would be applicable. Right? Why we would need any kind of money. I mean, instead of toting gold, the streets are made. Of that's what we do with gold then. No, no exchange. We don't need anything. Buy what? Nothing for sale. Don't need anything. So if you're going to get some money, you better get it now, honey. Right? Because later, it's not going to matter. And the devil knows this. He knows this. And that's why he's deceiving masses of Christianity into going, well, we can't expect much down here. But praise God, later on, it'll be better over there and by and by. And I think so many people are going to slip out of this life, you know, whether it's dying before Jesus comes or when he comes back. And one of the first things that's going to happen when they get out of this mortal world, get out of this flesh world, they're going to go, oh, you mean... I could have, and I could have had, and I could have done, and I could have been. I don't want to do that. Do you? It's going to be wonderful. Oh, it's going to be beyond our imagination wonderful when we get there. But we'll be plenty of time to do that when we get there right now. Right now. We could use healing and strength in these mortal bodies. Right now. Right now, we could use some money to get this job done down here. Amen? To fulfill the Great Commission. Right now. Right now. So I'm going to use my faith. And I'm going to claim healing right now. I'm going to claim lots of money right now. Amen? Stay after it until we see it. And if we don't see it all in a week or two, we just stay after it. And keep believing and keep sowing and keep claiming and keep standing. And some of us have got to claim a lot extra because there's a lot of folk not going to do anything with this. And we've got to get enough for us and them. Right? You know it's true. Some of them that laugh at us and make fun of us and, and find fun, you know, with our doctrine, they're going to get quiet later on. Because some things are going to come up and the only ones going to have that much money to do it is the rich church. And the rich ministry. And the rich Christians. Right? And even the folk that didn't like us are going to quit talking. Because we're going to step up. Amen. And be able to underwrite it. And be able to do it. And be able to take it. How many believe the Lord wants this gospel published 
around the world to every creature. He wants every living, breathing human being on the planet to know he's paid for their sins. He bore their sicknesses. He carried their pains. And he became poor with their poverty. And they can be free. Yeah, they can go to heaven, but they can live free right now. And be a witness right now. You and I should be so victorious and so blessed that people want to be like us. Right? They look at us and they go, I want what you have. How do you live like that? How is it that you go all winter and everybody else's kids get sick and get the flu and yours don't? How? How is it that everybody else's business has gone down and you open two new branches? How? How do you do that? And when it gets to that point, you don't go, well, got to be smart. (laughs) Unless you want to go down. No, you say, no, let me tell you. Here's my secret. I got a good shepherd. (laughs) And he takes good care of his people. I'm telling you, I got a healer. I got a great physician. He keeps my babies all year long. I got a provider. Amen. And he blesses me and he meets all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I got a good shepherd and we're still taking applications for the flock. People want, they want a shepherd like that. Second Corinthians eight. Are you there? We talked, well, I'm, I'm not ready to read that quite yet. We, we talked about the gospel and about how Jesus was anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. Listen, don't try to turn to these, but let me just remind you of them again. Luke 7 said, uh, Jesus told him, he said, the lame walk, the blind see, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised. The, to the poor, the gospel is preached. Matthew 11:5. he said, the poor have the gospel preached to them. I mean, we see it repeatedly. He said he was anointed to preach, proclaim the good news to the poor. And I think for centuries, people have just overlooked that. And they've tried to make it say, he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the lost. So, well, what is the good news to the poor? And so millions of Christians have said, well, the good news to the poor is that Jesus saved, uh, paid the price for your sins. He saved you from hell. Well, then why say to the poor? How is that, how is that different to the poor than to the rich? Now think with me. Are you, are you with me? Why? How many understand if the Lord had wanted to say, preach the gospel to the lost, he could have said it. If he wanted to say, you know, uh, preach, preach the gospel to the sinner, he could have said that. Why specifically? Well, if you look at the context, what else is in there? Healing. Right? Lame, blind, healing. And well, just take that passage that Jesus probably used so much. Luke 4, 18. Spirit of the Lord's on me because he's anointed me. Number one thing he mentioned, to proclaim the good news to the poor and sent me to heal. Right? Recovering of sight and deliverance. Deliverance. Liberty. Freedom. Healing and what to the poor? Why, why the poor? How many understand what I'm talking about? Millions have twisted that into something else that it's not. They've ignored that word poor. And if you look up the word, it literally means, I looked it up, 
in, in Strong's and Thayer's and, and Brown's and Driver. And I looked it up in the Chaldean and I looked it up in the Hebrew and the Greek. And I looked it up in English dictionaries. And what it means is poor. <laughs> Best I can ascertain. It means poor. Like, as in broke. What is good news to the sinner? Jesus paid the price for your sins. You don't have to be lost. What's good news to the mentally oppressed man? He bore the chastisement of your peace. Right? And you have the mind of Christ. That's good news. What's good news to the sick man? He took your infirmities. He bore your sicknesses. He carried your pains. By his stripes you were and are healed. That's good news. Well now what is the gospel, the good news to the poor? Ain't got to be poor no more. And are, are you still there in 2 Corinthians? To me this sums it up so powerfully. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. This is the gospel. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. He said, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you, you, to get the context, you got to realize he's talking to them about an offering. He's talking to them about material things, money. Back up and read it sometime. And he, in the middle of this, he says, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, rich, yet for your sakes, not his own, for your sakes, he became Poor, and then theologians will jump on that and go, yes, 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 yes. But, but now that means spiritually poor. You're adding to the Bible. What gives you the right to throw that word in there? People want to find fault with us. And you know, we have been too bashful and too timid about this. Because we have not been convinced that we are not preaching side issues. When we're talking about healing and prosperity, you and I, though we might not like to admit it, you and I are dealing with centuries of unscriptural tradition. Passed down through our, our, our great, 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 great grandparents all the way down to us. And we, we might like to think there's no vestiges of that there, but there's more than we like to think. And when people talk about the gospel, even charismatics and word and faith people, a lot of times don't even think about healing or prosperity when they think about the gospel. When Jesus said it repeatedly, he was sent to give good news to a specific group. Poor people. (laughs) Is there any good news to poor people? What's good news to poor people? Just be patient. In a few more years, it'll all be over and you get to go to heaven. Then you'll be rich. Down here you may not have much. But that's all right in a little while over there. Is that good news to the poor? Does that make the poor man go, glory? I won't have anything down here. But uh, in heaven. Well, that is good news. But... Is it what Jesus said? Is it all relegated there? We've already talked about material prosperity. Are we going to need dollars over there? Read it. Read it. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became 
poor. You know, on the cross, he lost the clothes off his back. Didn't he? I mean, he, he, he was brought down to the bottom of poverty. The, the absolute height of poverty is not even having physical life to sustain your body. Starving to death, not having enough air to breathe. But you back up all the way from that, and there are all kind of degrees of that that lead to that. When he left heaven, how many understand he left wealth? We, we have no idea. Just coming to the earth and becoming man was stepping out of wealth in the lack. And he had everything he, he required in his ministry. He wore nice clothes. They ate in nice places. He enjoyed expensive things. And they, they never lacked for anything for the ministry. But then even at the end there, they gambled and took away his clothes. He had no covering. Took away his life. His breath. How many understand he did not do that for himself? How many understand that he bare our sins so we don't have to bear them? Did he bear the disgrace and the shame of poverty and not even having clothes to wear? Did he bear that? Or is that an area that redemption doesn't touch? Oh, friend, you get this, it'll make you shout all night long. I'm telling you, he bear our complete reproach. Poverty is a reproach to any people, isn't it? People are ashamed. It hurts me. It hurts me when I see people embarrassed to go to a place or to be involved in something because they don't feel like they have enough clothes or they don't feel like they have enough uh, stuff to make themselves look good or can't present themselves. That's the devil. That's the curse we've been redeemed from. There are no fathers who love their children. Who want them broke. Who want them clothed with rags. Driving junk. Living in a shack. What does it do to a real father's heart? To see his children in nice things. Dressed in nice clothes. I mean even little ones. I mean y'all seen on Resurrection Sunday around here. Boy, these little girls and these little guys dolled up. Are you kidding? Little suits and little shoes. These are little ones. Why are they that way? Because they take after their father God. What does he want to do with his kids? He wants us dressed to the nines. He wants us riding in the best. Come on now. Come on. Come on. Come on. Don't. Don't let the devil rob you of this. It is your inheritance. It belongs to you. Your father's well able to do it. If you'll receive it. Now we see we're talking about qualifying. And you must be willing to qualify. And the first big part of willingness is you're willing to receive this message. I'm not talking about just what I'm saying. I'm talking about the gospel. You're willing to receive the gospel of prosperity. People think that's an erroneous term. And which shows how far off they are from enjoying it. Is there a gospel of healing? What does that mean? Is there good news about healing? Is there the gospel 
part of the gospel of prosperity. Is there good news to poor people? Jesus preached it. No wonder the common people heard him gladly. Because the hierarchy of the religious sect, they rode their white donkeys and they had their fancy outfits. But the common man, don't even get close to me. You stay over there. See, James talked about that. He said, you have somebody come in, got a fancy suit. You put them up in a big chair. Somebody's broke. You make them sit over in the corner. He said, you're a specter of persons. And you're breaking the law. How many know God wants everybody blessed? I mean, it's not his will that there be castes. And that there be sex, well, no, y'all, you know, we can have that, but you can't have that. God wants all of his children blessed. Amen. Amen. Feeling good about yourself. Looking good. Living good. Eating good. Wearing good. Driving good. The good of the land. Good of the land. Hallelujah. We're not quite there, but we're working on it. You know, I, I, we get to certain places and I sense in my spirit, some folk, they just, you know, you've heard the other stuff so long until people, they, they want to believe it, they want to jump on it, but something kind of, they go, I, I don't know, I don't know, is, are we sure this is right? Can you read? Can you read? Can you read? Don't, don't just take my word for it. Can you read the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E? That's the book for me. Can you read that? Well, that's a, that's that American preacher over there in Branson. You listen to me. Have you got a Bible in Africa? Have you got a Bible over there? Forget about Keith. Read that verse. Do you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ? How that though he was so very, very rich. Yeah, but that means spiritually. Said who? Said who? How do you have a right to throw words in the Bible like that? Look at the context. He's talking about money, giving and receiving. What right do you have to change the context of the chapter? Though he was so very rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might be, might be, might be. Did he do it? Then are we. He took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses and carried our pains. Did he do it? Then are we healed? care how you feel what the doctor said how many you've got to have five canes to walk and 12 glasses to see I don't care how you look is the Bible true you were and are healed I don't care how unrighteous you feel how many mistakes you've made how many sins you've committed is it true that if you believe on him your sins are washed away and you are made righteous then is it just as true that no matter how many bills you owe, how many loans you got, how many debts you are, how poor and broke you feel, you have been made rich. Yeah. Rich. 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 It's the gospel. It's the good news. I am rich. See, now we've learned to not say, well, I'm, I'm trying to be righteous. I'm a trying. I'm, no, you can't, you can't earn and attain to righteousness. It's a free gift. Amen. You just have to receive it. Well, I don't feel like I'm saved. It ain't about feeling. You've got to believe it. By faith you are. 
No, I hadn't seen the Lamb's book of life. I hadn't, don't know for sure that my name is. You better believe it. Because the Bible told you so. Well, I just don't know. I don't feel like he forgave me. He told you if you would confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you. Now, you either believe him or you don't. If he said he would, then he will. And if he did, then you are. Forgiven. Cleansed. Free. We've learned to call our bodies healed even when they hurt. Now that's only happened recently. You understand that? I mean just in the last few decades. On a large scale. Especially primarily in the last century. A lot of things were lost. And, and so that's only really recently that we've learned. A lot of masses of Christianity hadn't learned that. We've learned though to ignore those symptoms. And even though you get a bad report. Say I'm healed. In Jesus name. I don't care how I feel. I don't care how I look. I don't care what the test said. I am healed. Not trying to get healed. I am He's made me healed, so I am healed. Boy, here's the next step. <laughs> if we'll get our eyes off the bills and off our little job and off our little salary and off of our annual income and what our budget will do and won't do in the economy and the government, and if we'll just say, it is written. It is written. He was made poor with my poverty so that I could be made rich. He did. I am rich. Now, I'm saved. I'm healed. I'm rich. No matter how I feel, I don't care if you're living in a little tent down by the creek bank, like Brother Hagin used to say, eating cold cornbread and wild onions and drinking branch water. Oh, everybody in the country, the Bible's still true. It's still true. And if you will be willing, we're talking about qualifying now. Haven't digressed. Are you with me? If you will be willing to believe this message and receive this message, then you begin to qualify to come out. Somebody say, I believe it. Somebody say, I'm willing to receive this. I had a fellow come to me one time and he was, you know, well, I just don't know about all this stuff. And I just stopped him and I said, would you submit to the will of God. Because he's telling me, you know, I, I don't care about all that money and about all that stuff. If I got something to eat and a little place to stay, that's all I care. I said, fine, fine. But would you submit to the will of God? He said, what do you mean? I said, what if God wants you to have more than that? Are you going to just tell him no, you don't want his will? Or would you submit to his will? Have you asked him what he wants? Are you sure you've heard from him about it? Well, I don't care. I, don't. I said, I forget that. If he said, I want you to have this, and I want you to do this with it, and I want you to be a, a, a reservoir, and I want you to be a pipeline, and I want to be able to flow money through you to other people, would you submit to the will of God? He said, well, I hadn't thought about that. I said, you better. It ain't just about what you want and what you think's enough for me. You serve somebody, the Lord Jesus. And if he wants you rich, why not submit to it? Well, I will. People say, "Well, you better submit to the will of God." Well, what if the will of God is for you to be rich? You gonna submit to it? You prove to me in the Bible where it tells me it's God's will for me to be broke. But if I can prove to you it's His will for you to be rich, will you submit to the will of God? 
Will you submit to the will of God? Well, then you'll be rich. Thank you for those four <laughs> grunts and two amens. <laughs> Go please to Romans, the 10th chapter. No, we're making progress. We are. We're making progress. And if I sound repetitious at times, there's a reason why. And, you, and, and there's more, there's other people besides you in the room. <laughs> right? Some people are hearing this for the very, very first time. Very first time. And they have been taught the opposite all their life. There are people that have preached the opposite to this for decades. But eyes are being opened. Hearts are being opened. And people are being set free. To the glory of God. Amen. And I believe, I believe it was the word of the Lord earlier that the people are coming up. There's a great, there's a great swelling. Amen. There's a great rising. It happens first. It doesn't happen first in your checking account. It doesn't happen first in your purse. It happens in your heart. It happens in your heart. And once it happens there, it's just a matter of time till it shows up in the accounts in the pocketbook. I tell you, it is such a blessing to be able to do things for people. To have the Lord deal with you to take a burden off somebody. And you could. Now you talk about fun. Showing up with your checkbook and go, how much is that? And they say, well, it's, uh, it's $25,000. You go, not a problem. Not a problem. Here we go. Paid for. Done. Done. And they go, you going to pay it off? Yeah, the Lord's going to pay it off. He dealt with me to do it. He's taking care of it right now. It's done. I don't even have to pray about it tonight. Right. I don't even have to make confessions about it in the morning. Right. It's done. And people go, whoo, glory to God. Glory to God. Or write checks for 150,000. Or 500,000. Or 5 million. Don't choke on me now. Come on. Huh? And I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. Can I do that? No, I can't. Okay. Can you come back tomorrow night? and The next night? Okay. I'm not quite through tonight. Don't misunderstand me. But that's, uh, that's part of the other qualification. Uh, Romans 10. Are you there? Romans 10. Said out loud, I believe the gospel. I'm willing to receive the good news. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 10. Oh, this is exciting. Chapter 10. (laughs) We're making progress, friends. We're we're coming up. We're the rich church. That's us. (laughs) That's us. That, That rich church. Those rich people. Oh, that's some of those rich people that go to that rich church. <laughs> you go, that's me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Romans 10. And verse 8. He says, what saith it? Well, I got to back up. Verse 6. Romans 10, 6. But the righteousness which is of faith 
speaks on this wise. Say not in your heart who shall ascend to heaven. That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep. That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is near you. Even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith. Which we preach. You know people make fun of word of faith don't they? Oh that's that, that word of faith. That, that faith. That's what Paul preached. That's what the Apostle Paul preached was the word of faith. Hmm? So I got no problem putting faith in great big giant gold letters on the front of the church. Faith. That's that faith bunch. Say it again. That's us. They just got through saying, that's the bunch that receives from God. That's the bunch that pleases God. That's the bunch that overcomes the whole world. That's what they just got through saying. Word of faith, which we, Paul preached faith. How many know Paul preached faith? He sure didn't preach works. He preached faith. Grace and faith. He said, the word of faith which we preach, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and then if you feel like it, feelings got nothing to do with it. It's all by faith. You shall be saved. For with the heart man believes to righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. Shall not be what? Ashamed. Now, friend, put on your listening ears. Take off your tradition glasses and put on your your hearing ears. Whoever calls on him and believes on him will not be embarrassed, reproached, ashamed. Is he the glory and the lifter of our head? Is he the one that takes people off the junk pile? Sits them down at the table with princes. Able to take people out of the ghetto. Put them in the palace. Huh? Take people like Joseph out of the dungeon. Sit him down at the throne. Has he changed? Has his will changed? Does he want you embarrassed? About where you live? What you wear? What you can give? No. Uh Uh-uh. No, if you say in your heart you're not satisfied with where you're living, it's because God's got more for you. If in your heart you're not satisfied with what you're giving, it's because God wants you giving more. And you've got to have it to be able to do it. Right? And He didn't want you to give every penny you got away and you ain't got enough to eat anything. That's not the will of God. He that believes on Him will not what? He won't be ashamed. He won't be ashamed. He said, for there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all is what? Is what? Why wouldn't you be ashamed? Somebody said, now Brother Keith, we're talking about the plan of salvation. I know. We're talking about people being uh, delivered from their sins. That is true, but it is not all. The gospel includes spirit. Soul, body, entire life. Redemption includes spirit, soul, body, entire life. God is rich. Everybody say rich. Rich. 
He's rich. The same Lord is rich. Rich unto all that call on him. For whosoever will call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You want to do a good study sometime. Look up the word for saved. Look up the word for salvation. It's one of the big words of the New Testament. Most of the dictionaries have to use a string of words that long to try to describe what it means. What does it mean to be saved? Because people say it all the time. Well, I'm saved. You just said a mouthful. (laughs) What do you mean saved? Most people think, well, that means I'm not going to hell. Thank God for that. But is that all it means? What does it mean? And different ones you'll see, they they say it means, it, it includes the idea of deliverance, preservation, soundness, healing, and prosperity. Amen. Amen. And more. When you say, I'm saved, what you just get to say? Say, got to ask this, saved from what? Well, what did man need to be saved from? Need to be saved from the devil and accidents and problems and demon activity. Need to be saved from oppression and confusion and, and blindness and deception. Need to be saved from your sins, yes. Need to be saved from hell, yes, yes, thank God, yes. Need to be saved from poverty. Hunger, lack, inability to do things. Need to be saved from cancer and disease and high blood pressure. Did Jesus, when he said, it is finished. When he rose up and sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. Did he leave anything out? Or did he save us? Head to toe. Spirit and soul. Body and mind. Finances and marriage. Children and grandchildren. Every area. Did did he save us completely? Yes. Amen. If you said anything except yes, <laughs> you're wrong. Didn't he say in the New Testament that I pray God that he preserve that your whole, excuse me, spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Is that not every part of your life? Say it one time, say it with more revelation. I'm saved. Saved from what? Everything bad. Saved from the creditors. Saved from a bad economy. Saved from problems on a job. Huh? Saved from product liability. Saved from construction mishaps. Saved from costs of poor weather. What do you need to be saved from? Oh, come on now, think about it. What a big, all-encompassing, complete Savior you have. Say it again. He saved me from every evil thing. Sound like Scripture because it is. He has delivered us from every evil work. I've been saved from every bad thing. Everything from the flu... To bankruptcy, to divorce, to cancer, to just not having enough gas for my car. I've been saved. And I am saved. Are you beginning to get it stronger in your spirit that so many Christians have not been walking in a fraction of what has been bought and paid for in redemption? Freedom from every problem. Deliverance from every distress. 
Say it one more time. I'm saved. saved. Close your eyes. Say I'm completely saved. I'm I'm totally saved. I'm I'm entirely saved. I'm saved. saved. In Jesus name. name. Praise God. Keep reading. Keep reading. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord. Shall be saved. I did and I am. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? They won't. How will they believe in him of whom they've not heard? They can't. How shall they hear without a preacher? Well, God has to have his preachers. And how will they preach except they be sent? Well, they can't. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach, preach, The gospel of peace. Do you know that the same word translated peace is also translated prosperity? It'd be just as accurate to say gospel of prosperity. Just as look it up. Don't take my word for it. Look it up. How many people studied the Bible? You know what I'm talking about. You say many times same word. It is. It does include peace. But peace includes prosperity. Because when you have peace, peace. When you have the shalom that passes understanding, you ain't distressed by bills. Hmm? You're not worrying about what you're going to wear tomorrow. What you're going to eat at the end of the week. Why? Because I have peace and I have prosperity. And I have healing and health. I'm, I'm blessed. He said... How beautiful are the feet of them that preach, proclaim the good news, the gospel of peace, and bring glad tidings of what? Huh? Does this sound like prosperity to you? Can you read this without just thinking traditionally, binded? And when you hear good things, can you see many good things? Other good things, spiritual and natural. Good news. Of peace and prosperity. Good news. Glad tidings of good things. Is there a scripture in Isaiah. That says if you're willing and obedient. You'll eat good things. You'll wear good things. You'll drive good things. Is there a scripture in the New Testament. That talks about glad tidings of good things. Good things. Are you open enough. To believe it means not only spiritual. But natural as well. Can you see enough scripture. That there is good news to the poor. But now get this. We're still talking about the same qualification. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? It goes on to say, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? What's the the answer to the second question is the answer to the first question. Who has believed our report? Who's willing to accept this good message? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? What is the arm of the Lord? Power of the Lord. Ability of the Lord. Strength of the Lord. Miracle working. Dunamis. Power. Amen. How many believe the Lord has a mighty arm? Whoo. He's stout. He's strong. He's big. When God flexes, 
Hell is scared. Angels back in the corner. (laughs) Was it Brother Jesse Duplantis that talked about he had an experience and got caught up to heaven? And and I believe it was him talking about that. He said uh, he, he got to see. He didn't see the the Lord God's you know on the throne he couldn't make him out he couldn't see him but he could see from a distance and these angels flying around saying holy holy and he said sometimes the Lord would just kind of move his finger and almost like one of them angels that just almost slapped up against the wall just from God just God from moving just a little bit are starting to say something how many believe he is great in power he's making this sun shine he's making this this earth turn. He's giving everybody on the planet life and breath and a heartbeat. And, it, and not even breaking a sweat. Amen. He's mighty. But now, get this. To whom is the arm, the power of the Lord revealed? Who? To those who believe the report. Everybody say, believe the report. The good report. The good report. Believe. Are you willing to believe it? Because it's only those who are willing to believe it that get the power of God revealed to them. We have seen the power of God manifest for this church in some areas just in a few months. He's done some good things for us. Amen. Why? We believe he wants us blessed. We believe he wants to have this fine place. Hmm? We didn't, we didn't look at this and go, oh, that's too big. That's, that's too much. You know how much a light bill on that place would be? Those gold letters, that's too, that's too much. We can get by with plastic. (laughs) Plastic? Look, look, we could paint it gold, maybe. We could get by. No, we believe. God want us to have this. You've you got to get it in your spirit. It wouldn't hurt you. You know, not, not, not wouldn't hurt you. You ought to. Look at some stuff from time to time that is absolutely so far above your budget that there ain't no way. Realizing you're not life limited to your little budget. And that God has all kind of ways. And, 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 you know, don't bug people and don't try to act like you're a place that you're not and go so crazy in debt that you bind yourself up. I'm not saying that, but look at some things and, and the sticker shock is trying to slap you in the face and then walk away and go, I can have one of those. I could have one of those. And even if, if you didn't have it that year or the next year, I'm, this is how you get there. You got to break the, the bondage and, and the bad thinking. You got to, to open up and be enlarged in your spirit. And believe God, God would give us something like this. God, God would, uh, uh, you know, uh, that was my big deal on airplanes. I, you know, I, I didn't know the front of an airplane from the back of an airplane. I, I, none of, none of my family that I knew had an airplane. I, I didn't know, I have a friend that knew anybody that they had an airplane. <laughs> Of course, I saw people on TV and I, and I knew about things. And then after getting in the ministry, found out Brother Copeland had airplanes. 
And then I was able to fellowship with him some. And thank God he'd tell me. We'd be down at the hangar. He'd purposely spend time with me and take me out. He said, now get up in my airplane. Sit over there in the driver's seat. Left side. Now sit there and hold the yoke. Make airplane noises. <laughs> That's how it starts. Because I, I could not see me having one. And every time I think about it, I think, oh, they cost so much money. Ooh, ooh. And I mean, when you pull up to the tank and say, fill her up. $20 bill won't cut it, honey. $100 bill won't cut it. <laughs> and uh, he got little bitty parts on them that cost as much as a small house. You know what I mean? <laughs> But now let's stop right here. Somebody said, yeah, that's just too much money. Now wait a minute, wait a minute. Who are those for? We've flown private for some years now. And you come in and land. And there's an airplane that costs a hundred times what yours does. Who owns it? Whiskey company. And you drive by another. Here's one that costs, you know, uh, 20 times what yours does. Brand new. Who owns that? Uh, pornographic magazine company. Now, you're going to tell me that that's the perfect will of God? That the best of the best is used to propagate evil or to hurt people? And that's too much for us. But it takes mind renewal, doesn't it? Because we keep wanting to talk about, you know, Brother Jesse again. He he told us at at, at a meal one time. He said uh, the Lord dealt with him about TV years before he got in and he has about us. But he said, he asked the Lord when he got in, it went so wonderful and it was so great and, and reaching so many people. And he said, well, Lord, you know, why didn't we do this sooner? He said, every time I talk to you about TV, you talk to me about money. <laughs> and he did. And, I, and I've done some of that myself. But we're taking a step. Amen. I said, we're taking a step. Amen. 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 Because we know somebody who's rich. Yeah. Rich. Yeah. Rich. He's our daddy, our father. Amen. And we know somebody else who's rich. Us. Me. Amen. I'm rich. I'm rich. Got, got to start thinking like this. Got to start thinking like this. When you read scriptures in the Bible, like over in the Timothy, where it says, you know, warn those that are rich not to be high-minded. You got to go, yeah, I got to watch it. See, people don't even think like that, do they? Go, oh yeah, that's for them rich people. Who are you? Who are you? If you don't, if you're not identifying with that, who are you identifying with? See, whole generations have grown up. Well, you know, we ain't rich people. We we're poor, but we proud. Poor, but we proud. That's that's two conditions to be delivered from. <laughs> If you'll repent, God will help you. It's not a sin to be poor. It's just mighty inconvenient. And when you can have something else, let's go for it. Let's believe for it. Well, Brother Kenneth, you know, tried to stir me up about airplanes and I knew something was coming. And uh, talked to him one day and he, he said, well, won't you just claim one? And this kind of thing. And I thought, well. Uh-huh, and I got to praying about it, and I realized we ought to do this. And then the Lord dealt with us, you can't borrow money on this. I want you to just believe me for the money. I, all the money just to come in and 
and just buy it and pay cash for it. And so my big deal, though, was uh, getting it in me, seeing me have one. Because that had, that was the furthest thing from my mind. I could see him having one. I could see other people having one. But me having one, so I'd close my eyes. I'd cut out pictures of them, and I'd put them up on my desk, and I'd look at them, and then I'd close my eyes. And I'd try to see me, and, 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 and I can't see me. Where am I at? And uh, and I look back in the back and see if Phyllis is back there, and I can't see her. And and where are we? Well, uh, we're on the ramp, waving to people in airplanes as they fly away. And with the no, 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 we got to get in the airplane. So I try to to see myself with one, and I tried to get that airplane inside my spirit. And the wings were too wide, and the tail was too wide, and I couldn't get. I could see other people with one, but I couldn't see me with one. Not not really genuinely see me having one. Couldn't see it. But I kept meditating on the word. I kept telling myself how big God was. I kept telling myself it was a tool, and we could get more done for the Lord. Amen. And being better. Now, I understand it's not just getting there. What shape are you in when you get there? Right? And I'm, you're supposed to step off the plane and, and, and do a job. You know, what shape are you in when you get there? And anyway, I just, just kept on and kept on. And I'd close my eyes and I'd look up in the cockpit and I, you know, and his brother Copeland. Look back in the back and Miss Gloria back there. No, no, where are we? We're on the ramp. Well, y'all have a good flight. But I kept on to finally, glory to God, finally, one day I could close my eyes and I'm in the front with the engine propellers running, smiling. And I look back and there was Phyllis with a club soda, eating Cheetos. I said, are you comfortable? Yeah, I'm comfortable. All right, here we go. We're taking off. Hold on. And you know, it was just a matter of months. Everybody say months. It was just a matter of months after I could see it inside myself and see us. And it was real to me until there was one sitting in the hangar paid for. Hallelujah. And it's been that way thing after thing after thing. I'm not telling you that. Just talk about me. This works for you. If you can see yourself in there, you can have it. Maybe not overnight, but you can get there. You can see yourself writing that check for that big amount. Financing that thing. Amen. Well, bless God, I'll buy a camera. I'll just pay for that thing. I'll just pay for both of them screens. We'll just send that truck to the missionary. I'll just take care of that myself. Right? Can you, if you can see yourself doing it, even if you, even if you ain't got an extra five dollars to your name right now, if you can see yourself doing it and just hold on to it and keep on confessing it and keep on saying it and keep on sowing it, eventually it'll happen. The day will come. I said the day will come. So you'll be able to do it. And you'll praise God with all your heart and you go, God, where you have brought this country boy from. Amen. What you have done for us. We give you all the glory. All the credit. It's for every child of God. Every believer. It's for every Christian. Say amen if you believe it. Verse 16. He said they have not obeyed the gospel. Why do people not qualify for the good of the land? Unwilling to receive this message. Unwilling. They don't realize they're making fun of us. Oh, that's that name it and frame it and confess it, possess it. Health and wealth gospel bunch. 
not realizing they just judge their self unworthy of it. Making, they, don't, they just think they're making fun of us. They don't realize they're making fun of the gospel. They're making fun of redemption. They're making fun of the complete provision of Christ. Who was sent and anointed to preach the gospel, among others, to the poor. He said, they've not obeyed the gospel. Isaiah said, Lord, who believed our report? So then faith comes. How's it come? This ought to have greater meaning to you tonight. Do you see the context of this? Right? Faith comes by hearing. How many know, understand, not just the words bouncing off your ear, but get the context, being willing to hear it. Being willing to accept and believe the good report. And instead of hearing it and cutting it off and go, I don't believe that. No, hearing and then what? Well, tell me some more of that. And hearing. I'm going to go back tomorrow night. And hearing. I'm going to get the tapes. And hearing, right? And over a period of days and weeks and months, faith cometh. Doubt goeth. Hallelujah. Vision cometh. Fear goeth. Liberty cometh. Restrictions and bondage goeth. Prosperity cometh. Poverty's no more. To who? People that receive. Believe the report. Now go please to chapter 15 and I think we'll close. Romans 15. Oh, I love this. And this is going to set us up perfect for, for tomorrow. Romans 15. You're going to like this, this phrase right here. You're going to like this statement. I know you are. Uh, Romans 15, 13. He said, now the God of hope or expectation fill you with all what? Joy and peace, prosperity, unbelief. How many know it's hard to be so broke you ain't got money to eat and you say, I'm full of joy, I'm full of peace. That sounds like a blessed man and woman to me. In believing that you may abound in hope or expectation through the power of the Holy Ghost. He said, and I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness. Filled with all knowledge, able to admonish one another. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written the more boldly to you in some sort as putting you in mind because of the grace that's given to me of God. That I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. Ministering the good news of God that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. I have thereof whereof I may glory through Jesus Christ in those things which pertain to God. I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed. Through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God so that from Jerusalem and round about unto Illyricum I have fully preached the gospel of the anointed one, the Christ. How many know the gospel is not fully preached until there are signs? You see that? Signs and the power of God manifest confirming the word with signs following. How many believe the gospel is not a dead gospel? It's a living gospel. It's not a powerless gospel. It's a powerful gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation complete salvation to everybody that accepts it and believes it.
Everybody. He said, so have I strived to preach the gospel. To do what? Preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. But as it is written, to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see. That's happening right now. And they that have not heard shall understand. Happening right now. For which cause also I have been much hindered from coming to you. How many know the devil would like to hinder that? But now having no more place in these parts and having a great desire these many years to come to you. Whenever I take my journey into Spain, I will come to you for I trust to see you in my journey and to be brought on my way thitherward by you. If first I'll be somewhat filled with your company. How many know Paul was a traveling dude? Could he have used a good jet? Oh man. Could he have used TV cameras? Could he have used the internet? Do you think he would have? He used everything at his disposal that he had. Didn't he? But now I go to Jerusalem to minister to the saints. For it has pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain what? Contribution. For the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. It has pleased them verily and their debtors they are. For if the Gentiles have been made partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister unto them in carnal things. Is it a responsibility? If we've been blessed by spiritual things to turn around and put natural things into it. It's a principle in the Bible. When therefore I have performed this and have sealed to them this fruit. What's he calling fruit? Is he calling money? A financial material offering. He's calling it fruit. This is what he's going to take to them. Then I will come by you into Spain. Now get this. Is he talking about money? Is he talking about increase? And fruit, among other things, and preaching the gospel. Verse 29, and I am sure that when I come to you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. That phrase has been going over in my spirit. That's what we've been preaching towards for these two days. That's what we're going to stay after. Because how many understand, why would he say the fullness Of the blessing. Of the gospel. Of the anointed one. If there was only one thing to talk about. Didn't the psalmist say. Bless the Lord O my soul. All that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord O my soul. And forget not. All of his benefits. He talks about forgiving sins. And healing you of problems. And delivering you. And protecting you. We should remember all his benefits. And this says. There is a fullness of the blessing. We've been talking about the gospel. But soon and very soon, maybe tomorrow night, we're going to start talking about the blessing. Oh, not, not, not a blessing. The, oh, I'm, I'm excited about it. The blessing. And get this, the, he, he said, I, I'm sure, he said, when I come to you, I'm going to come in the fullness of the blessing. That same word that here's translated blessing is translated bountifulness, bountifulness or bountifully. I will come to you in the full bounty. I'll come to you in the full measure of the blessing. We've experienced a measure. I think it's probably very small. Compared to the full measure. But how many would like to come on up? Huh? 
Read it. Can, can you read it there? How many would like to come up to the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of the anointed one? Come on, we need to stir up just a little bit more on that. I said, how many of you are willing to? Willing. That's how you qualify. Willing to come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Say it out loud with me. The fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. One more time. The fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. I shouldn't have said one more time. Say it again. The fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. The fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Stand on your feet. Let's say it together. Stand on your feet. Say it together. The fullness. Let's say it together. The fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Again, the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. And again, the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Hallelujah. Lift your hands. Begin to praise the Lord. Begin to give Him glory. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, just praise Him a little while. Praise Him for the fullness of the blessing. Not half the blessing. Not even three quarters of the blessing. The fullness. 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 Fullness of the blessing. Hallelujah. Let me lead you in a prayer. Say it out loud. Father God. I'm a believer. Not a doubter. I'm willing to receive your message. It's not too good for me. I believe it's that good. It's not too good to be true. It is true. That it's that good. Open our eyes. Reveal to us. And bring us up into. That we may live. And go out. And come in. In the fullness. Teach us what it is. The fullness. Of the blessing. Of the gospel. Of Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.